You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. It was fun. I know you're going to have more over on all Bengals. We'll flip to the defensive side. They made plays when it mattered. Um, I actually want to start with one guy. We, we talked about Joe Burrow being back. Is Mike Hilton back? I thought Mike Hilton was back against Seattle. Okay. To be honest. <clears throat> but yeah, he was awesome in this game. Uh, did a good job stopping the run. And I actually, I mean, I think some people have gone back and maybe it's a little bit of box score looking because to me when I went back and watched the defense again I was still impressed by them I know that at the end of the day you're looking at like oh 400 something yards given up you had 70 yards on a drive that didn't matter and then you also had what 50 more yards on a drive that didn't really matter right before halftime so <laughs> like take away 120 yards which usually doesn't happen <laughs> And now it's not as crazy impressive. I think there were a, you know, like Kyle Shanahan's going to get you a little bit too. Like I was not expecting them to completely shut down the 49ers. I thought Kyle Shanahan did a good job of getting his, when Birdie, when Purdy had enough time, uh, he was able to get guys scheme, you know, I hate to say it because, you know, Bengals fans run wild with the idea that you could just always scheme a guy open. But when they had enough protection, they were able to scheme a guy open just when you work deep overs that far down the field, it's really difficult for the linebackers to drop underneath that. When you're getting like 20 yards of depth, that starts getting into like, am I even supposed to be back here? Like how am I supposed to rally and tackle up in front of me when I'm 20 yards deep? Uh, The Bengals played quite a bit of man coverage. I liked a lot of it because what the Bengals normally do is they try to play slow. They try to control gaps, everything else like that. They played fast in this game. There were blitzes, stunts. Uh, there was a bit of movement and just enough stuff to try to throw the 49ers off schedule because more than any team in the league, the 49ers are a team that wants to stay on schedule. They want to control the you know, the clock. They want to stay ahead of the chains just more than any elite offense. That's what they want to do. And most defenses, they can't stop it. But what the Vikings did what the Browns did was to play fast and bring some blitzes, bring some stunts. And they're not all going to work. Like the Bengals had a few that they just didn't work. But 
when you can make a tackle for a loss on first down, put them in second and 12, they're no longer in a spot that where they can easily convert that. I think the best example of this was I went back and looked at the box score for this. Uh, and the 49ers had two. Oh man, I'm getting messed up a little bit. I think they were one of five. I, I wish I could just be able to look this up without tallying it out by hand, but I don't want to do that on the pod. I think they're one of five on third and seven plus, And the only one they got was a pretty scramble. That, uh, that That's pretty good. When they were in third and manageable, they were able to convert. And that's like I'm saying is that when they're on schedule, when they're in a mixed area where they can run or pass, they're, they're impossible to stop. But if you can get them into those third and longs, they're, they're not the best offense for it. And we saw it. I mean, Purdy picked up the one on a big scramble. But other than that, just that's how they got all their stops on third down. Just got really quick. They stopped at least four. four yeah, there were uh, five of nine. And I think it was one of five on third and manageable and four for four on or four for four on third and manageable, one of five on third and long. Yeah, I, I you're just extremely impressed with the defense when they stepped up in the red zone. The Jermaine Pratt interception, it feels like he could have had a pick six. But I think he was just excited he got the interception and then he went out of bounds. But, man, it was nothing but green grass in the end zone for him at that point. The linebackers yesterday, Logan Wilson had an interception. What did you think of him? Wilson was awesome. Well, I mean, he almost had that second one, too. B.J. Hill tipped it. Uh, I was kind of surprised because Wilson's a little bit of a ball magnet. I feel like anytime the ball's near him, he just gets glued to the hands. Um he was good. I thought Pratt overall, PFF hated it. I thought he was in a lot of difficult circumstances because of Ch Kyle Shanahan. And maybe you're thinking, well, you can't be the guy under the microscope. And he was. Out of all the Bengals defenders, they put Pratt under the microscope, kind of because of the position he plays, where he's that weak hook guy and single high coverage. And he, in this game, played a bit of the, the Tampa 2 middle uh, pole runner, which is actually usually Wilson's job, but they're kind of, they, the Bengals were disguising everything too. I didn't mention that, but that's a big part of it too, to try to get Purdy to hold the ball an extra second. So he got put in the microscope a little bit, but at the same time, how is he supposed to really defend George Kittle running up the seam as he's trying to disguise the coverage and then get to his spot? That stuff just happens to me. Like that, that's not prescriptive for how Pratt's going to play the rest of the year. I don't think he's like suddenly regressing. I think this was just, yeah, you got put in some unfortunate spots during this game and the, it didn't swing his way. I think the most impressive play on any side of the ball might've been his interception though, which was just, Total bonehead from Purdy. I mean, when I went back and watched, the offensive line was six yards downfield. I mean, that's getting called every time because it was an RPO. And shout out Sam Hubbard for he took it away. He uh, Kittle was the guy. It was that shovel pass that Kansas City always does. And the Bengals face it all the time. They play against Kansas City a lot. They play against the Ravens a lot, who are the other team that does it well. And Sam Hubbard knew what was coming. So he jumps in front of the tight end. Purdy can't throw that. But he already faked the handoff because I don't, who knows why? Uh, so no handoff, no shovel. So your only option now is you have to quarterback run. But he goes out and he's he's winding out. He's on out, out towards the sideline and realizing, well, I'm going to lose yards on the run if I try that. So I guess I'll just try to throw it over top to the running back who would have scored a touchdown, in quotes. <laughs> it would have been called back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, that was just crazy stupid play from Purdy, just like boneheaded type thing. But mm – -hmm. 
I don't know. Um, that Pratt interception reminded me of the opposite end of the TJ Watt interceptions last year where he just kind of jumped up and caught the ball. It's like, how? That was basically Pratt, though. It was like, how? How did he just catch the? It reminded me of, and I, it's obviously different, but it was the Travis Kelsey game last year when he just legit took the ball away from him. Obviously, it's different when you jump up and you grab the ball and it Purdy makes a boneheaded decision, but he just has those moments, Jermaine Pratt does. And just this linebacker duo overall, you know, it's good to see Logan Wilson get another interception. He's been absolutely incredible at getting at takeaways and uh, just staying with the defense right now. DJ Turner getting a start. What did you think of the corners? So I, I'm – I'm thinking that's interesting. Is Awuzie's back worse than we were thinking? Because he looked really labored in that Seattle game, and then mm -hmm. Turner starts over him in this game. And I know he came in and he actually got beat by Brandon Ayuk in his limited snaps. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering about that. Like, I wonder if Awuzie's back is an issue right now. And the Bengals can take it easy with him because they have DJ Turner. So they're choosing to do that. But with DJ Turner playing so well, like every week, it almost turns into like, how are you going to go back? You, you don't. You you put your best players out there. I know. But and, I mean, fully healthy, Awuzie might still be the best corner on the team, even though Cam Taylor Britt has had a really good season, especially the last couple of weeks. He's turned it on. I know Ayuk got him a little bit, but mm -hmm. Ayuk's a really good route runner. And I actually think that's kind of one of the matchups I don't love for him are those route running change of direction types. I want that to eventually – the Bengals don't really shadow that much. But mm -hmm. I would like in my mind for that to eventually be Turner's guy and then – and then um, Cam Taylor Britt's on any big physical guy that Turner probably can't handle. That's why they're, in my opinion, good mixture. They they can handle different types of guys. Uh, I still think Cam Taylor Britt's having a good year. Turner's having a good year, especially a great year for a rookie. And Mike Hilton's turning it on. Now there's not really too much of a spot for Awujie, but when he's healthy, like the last two years before the injury, I mean, all pro level corner. And if he's going to play that good, you can't bench it. But at the same time, when Turner's playing that good and these snaps are really valuable for him and Ken Taylor Britt's playing good and those snaps are really valuable for him, how do you, you know, like embarrassment of riches. And you hope that everybody's just going to be healthy the whole year and they can just play around with it. I think that's my mind. Uh, and they have the depth in case somebody does go down. Corner is a position you have to worry about with that. I feel like a lot of corners face injury. Look at who the Bengals going to play this week. Apparently, Josh Norman will might be playing real snaps for the Buffalo Bills in this game. And you'd never want to be in that situation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. No, and, and here's the thing. Lou doesn't want to put a rookie out there if he doesn't have to. And if Lou is impressed with a rookie being out there and they're starting him in that position, I do think that they are just managing Cheeto's injury like Zach Taylor normally does with this. They don't want to fully rush him back. The back injury does to be seems to be something that they're just going to watch with his snaps, and that's fine with me overall if DJ Turner can step up and give Cheeto time. Because I do. I still think Cheeto is a great corner. It's probably his last year in Cincinnati. So hopefully, you know, he can play out the rest of this year. Um, but 
if DJ Turner is, is producing, I, I don't think they're going to make the decision of seeing less DJ Turner in the future in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting though. I mean, like he's played so good that you almost want to like let him play even when Ouija is fully healthy, but we'll see. We'll see what the best group is. You got to figure that out before the playoffs. I think when you get to the playoffs, you got to know who your best guys are. And it's probably going to be Hilton in the slot because you know, the other guys, they just don't defend the run the same way Hilton does. Kento the Brit, he's very willing, but I also don't think Kento the Brit is a slot type mover or, you know, like side to side type stuff. He's yeah. very much an outside corner. DJ Turner can move and do stuff inside like that, but he is not a Mike Hilton defending the run, even though he's giving more effort than I thought, I thought he did at Michigan. Like, I think he's throwing his body around a little bit more than there. And Uche has always been a good tackler too for the Bengals. But again, I don't think he's as comfortable in the slot. So I think Mike Hilton's ingrained in the slot. I don't think you're benching Cam Taylor Britt because he's young and good. And then the other side is if Uji is fully healthy, I think he's better than Turner. But Turner has given them the opportunity that, you know, if it doesn't happen, they have a guy there that they feel really good about. And that's never a negative. I think that's a positive for them. Um, any other thoughts on the defense. I mean, I thought DJ reader was really, really good. And mm-hmm. PFS hired him with two missed tackles and tanked his grade because of it. And I think that is dumb. I hate that the most out of anything, because when they chart reader and defensive lineman for missed tackles, it's, it's for like not making a play while engaged with an offensive lineman. It's the most ridiculous thing. Like, I don't know any other position that gets charged for negatives because they did their job, but didn't go above and beyond their job. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I want that to change. PFF, change that. Like, I know missed a tackle. Those should be plus ones half the time where if he's in the backfield making the running back, like completely blown up the front side of the run play, but he misses the tackle and forces the run to his help. That's a plus one. It's a plus two if he makes the tackle, but hey, I don't know. I'm not the PFF guy. 